We've all seen it before. You're walking down the garden section aisle in Home Depot or Lowe's, and you're passing by these Japanese curly leaf ferns and your snake plants, rubber trees, and all of them have little stickers that say, natural air filter, purify the air in your home, scientifically proven. So you think, all right, that you know my the air in my apartment is pretty stale. I'll get one of these. And so you you buy the plant, you go home, you set it up and everything, and then in about a week or so, you think to yourself, man, the air in my apartment noticeably smells better. It feels cleaner. And so you think to yourself, is this true? Do plants actually filter the air of contaminants other than carbon dioxide? Well, let's talk about the science behind that. Welcome to the science behind that with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, all you scientists. Welcome back to the science behind that podcast. I'm your host, Atticus Hamilton. And as you heard from the intro today, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about botany. Um, More specifically, we are talking about the ways in which... um, plants filter the air and if they actually do filter the air of pollutants um so this is going to be a very botany and biochemistry heavy episode so um i hope all of my botanists and biochemists out there enjoy uh this was a fun episode to do before we get started i'd like to invite all of you to go grab yourselves a nice steaming hot cup of coffee add a little bit of maple syrup to it and um, also special thank you to our sponsor um, Denver Family Lawyers thank you for sponsoring the science behind that and allowing me to do what I do Uh, that being said ladies and gentlemen let's jump into today's episode so this question kind of came across my mind because um, I I just went to Home Depot um, and uh, I was walking through the gardening section and I saw how pretty much all of this certain they they have all these plants grouped in this little area and every single one of them has that sticker like um, uh, number one in air quality or, or natural air filter blah 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 and so we know that plants photosynthesize right they they take in carbon dioxide and uh, they use the carbon dioxide to create ATP um, through uh, photosystem 2, photosystem 1, photosystem 3, i.e. through the process of photosynthesis. And they're also able to synthesize sugars um, and the output is oxygen, right? I think everybody has a, a at least an understanding that that occurs, but a little-known aspect of plants is that um, they are able to remove uh, pollutants, both from the air, the water, and the soil. And there's three different types of methods um, or types of, uh, I guess, processes that plants do that all revolve around bioremediation. And so what is bioremediation? Well, bioremediation is, in a very basic sense, it's the use of biological entities, organisms, to uh, clean up pollutants from the environment. Now, a lot of the time when we talk about bioremediation, we, um, you know, talk about its use in um, microbiology, 
and uh, microorganisms that are able to break down oil and uh, or clean up gas or radiation. Um, and, and that is all true, but, but plants do bioremediation as well, although for them it's called phytoremediation. But in 1989, um, NASA conducted a study called the Clean Air Study. And um, it was a project that was um, to research ways in which air can be cleaned in sealed environments, such as the International Space Station. Um, and their results demonstrated that in addition to you know, performing photosynthesis, um, plants are also to uh, remove volatile organic pollutants, including um, uh, what they tested anyway were benzene, formaldehyde, and tri uh, trichloroethylene. Um, and it, it, it was very interesting um, because in their study, they, they basically came up with a list of plants that were studied um, and that were, were uh, good at doing this. Um, and we're going to talk about those in a minute here. Um, but uh, basically, almost every plant they tested were able to remove some sort of toxic compound. Every single plant they tested was re uh, able to remove formaldehyde. Um, and uh, almost every plant they tested was able to remove xylene and toluene. Um, but... This is really interesting because after this study, basically, it spurred an entire, an entirely new area of research that resulted in further studies being done in 1993, 1996, 2004, um, in, in terms of expanding on this idea of, well, can we use plants in outer space to purify air? And it seems like there's a, the answer overall is yes. And it seems like there's a complex interplay here between the botany of the plants and the microorganisms that live in the soil of the plants uh, that allow them to carry out some of these functions. So um, for the sake of simplicity, I'm not going to go through the entire list of plants here, but they looked at uh, dwarf date palms, Boston firs, Kimberly ferns, spider plant, Chinese evergreen, bamboo, palm, Weeping fig, devil's ivy, flamingo lily, lily turf, uh, broadleaf, lady palm, barberton daisy, cornstalk, dracenia, English ivy, variegated snake plant, red edge dracenia, peace lily, and florist chrysanthemum. And all of these were found to have some sort of ability to remove at least one type of pollutant. As I mentioned, everyone was able to remove formaldehyde. The best was Flores chrysanthemum that was able to remove trichloroethylene, formaldehyde, benzene, xylene, and ammonia. So, um, what does this mean then? Well, and, and how, how are plants able to do this? That's what we're going to get into next. So, there's four different types of I guess, filtration or bioremediation that plants do. Biostabilization is one. Uh, phytoextraction, phytodegradation, and rhizofiltration. And we're going to briefly go over each of these. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to try and summarize everything um, 
uh, together basically and uh, you know talk about what this means for you I guess um, so phytostabilization phytostabilization is pretty much as it sounds what phytostabilization is is it's the process by which plant roots are able to absorb heavy metals in the soil and stabilize them. They're able to absorb them from the soil and keep them in place, uh, i.e. attached to the roots in nodules. And um, by doing that, it decreases the bioavailability of those toxic heavy metals, and it also reduces the ability of those heavy metals to spread um, uh, into groundwater or move around in the soil. Now, what recent research is suggesting is that um, a lot of this ability of plants is due to the nitrogen-fixing bacteria and the fungi that are um, mutualistic organisms with plant roots. Um, but nonetheless, if you have, generally, if you have plants... Um, their roots are able to phytostabilize at least something. Um, now, does that really help with um, air quality? Not technically. Um, although in 1996, a study was conducted to sort of extract, or not, not 1996, in 2006, a study was conducted to sort of extrapolate off of the clean air study and they found out that um, in environments where there was benzene and trichloroethylene in the air, um, it would precipitate out into the soil of a potted plant, and the microbes along the roots would allow the plant to basically absorb that um, compound. Now, they're not really utilizing it for phytostabilization. It's just keeping it fixed to the roots so um, generally in a nodule, so that it doesn't spread elsewhere. The other thing that plants are able to do is a process called phytoextraction, and this is very interesting. So through this process, plants are able to accumulate pollutants in the soil and transfer them from the root system to above-ground biomass, and that means leaves or stems, and... Um, so basically what happens is, you know, let's take a snake plant, for example. Let's say it's growing in um, someone's house and for some reason there's a lot of formaldehyde in the air. The formaldehyde will sort of precipitate out into the soil. Um, the plant roots, with help of their fungal counterparts, are going to uptake that formaldehyde and it's going to be shuttled from the roots into the leaves of the plant where it's going to be sequestered in a vacuole in the, uh, in the cells of the plant leaves and stored in nodules in metabolically inactive tissues. And so, to summarize that, basically, the plants are able to take up pollutants from the soil and store them in parts of their tissues where they're not really used other than storing pollutants. And that's phytoextraction. Phytodegradation is uh, another one, and that involves the conversion of harmful pollutants into less harmful ones. Now, how does that happen? Well, a plant can either do that. It can do that two ways. It can do that um, 
by releasing um, secondary metabolites like polyphenols and alkaloids into the air, which neutralize not only toxic uh, organic compounds in the air, but also uh, microbes. Um, or they can do that within the tissues. They'll absorb pollutants and their secondary metabolites will interact with those pollutants and generally negate their negative health effects um, and or you know convert them into a less harmful substance. And of course, the last way that plants are able to filter the air and the environment is through rhizofiltration. And that's basically where the roots, tubers, uh, shoots or seedlings of plants are able to filter water sources. And this happens the exact same way or through the exact same process that phytoextraction does, right? The roots absorb toxic compounds from the water and that goes up through the plant and is either destroyed via secondary metabolites or sequestered in um, inactive tissues. Additionally, more recently, a, um, a newer study showed that plants may actually reduce the amount of aerosolized pathogens in stale air. Um, and they do this uh, through the release of small quantities of secondary metabolites into the air. So plants are essentially able to breathe right through their stroma. They're able to uptake um, small, tiny water particles and release small, tiny water particles. And recent studies have shown that um, plants are actually able to absorb bioaerosols, that means um, tiny water droplets of pathogens generally, like the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Um, they're able to absorb those and either sequester them or again destroy them through the use of secondary metabolites. And overall, that's how plants are able to um, uh, perform bioremediation and, and filter the air. So the question as to is, um, are the stickers at Home Depot accurate that they filter the air? Yes. Um, now the other question becomes, well, Atticus, you mainly talked about roots. What about if you have a plant in an area where there's these, you know, particulate and, and toxic compounds in the air naturally and they don't precipitate out into the soil. Well, in that situation, um, they are removed in a similar way to the bioaerosols. The plant breathes them in, essentially, um, breathes in those organic compounds and in, in um, micro droplets of water and it sequesters them and or it neutralizes them. Or they just stick to the outside surface of the leaves, which means that the more surface area the plant has, the more effective it will be at, air quotes, filtering the air. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, it seems like the uh, research does suggest that um, if, uh, if your apartment doesn't, or your house doesn't have fantastic air quality, um, maybe get some... Uh, plants to put in your house um and that is all i have for you today ladies and gentlemen i know it was a a shorter episode today uh, i do hope you enjoyed today's episode um and uh i i hope that uh 
you you guys have a uh, I guess a newfound respect for plants like I do. I had no idea that all of this um, activity was going on with my house plants, you know, while they're just sitting there. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the Science Behind That. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you all on Monday, and remember, stand up and question everything. <laughs>